name is Alice Ikuru, and I am a project coordinator. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, you guys, this is my first show back from VidCon 2022. You guys will see, if you haven't, follow on at Diversified Game everywhere or at Kellen Cash with the K everywhere. You'll see all the influencers that I got to talk to and people behind the scenes. Um, the footage and pictures will be rolling out. But today, I have Miss Alice, who I met at a Miami Day Chamber event, which I tell all of you guys, join the chamber and bear with me while I talk with this Invisalign. Somewhere down the line, I might take it out of my mouth. But she's going to give us the game on what it is and what it takes to become a project coordinator. And I know because with her African background, she'll be a future entrepreneur. I just know it. Um, you know, it's a gift. But Alice, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Kellen. How are you? blessed by the best let's get into it tell people your day-to-day what does a project coordinator do how what type of education did you need to get that position and we'll we'll start there absolutely so um a project coordinator essentially is like a project manager in a sense where you have the project in front of you and you're entire duties to ensure that the project is being executed um, within the budget and the scope and is delivered on time. So I come from a perspective of I'm looking at the project from the top, looking down, seeing everything that needs to be done, and then trying to organize activities within the project to meet the particular time frame and the customer deliverables. So that's pretty much what I do um, in a broad scope. The kind of education you need to do this kind of work is complicated because it took me a long way to get here. But um, I am originally a civil engineer. I graduated from civil engineering in 2019. And then I went through several transitions into project management, dipping my foot into scheduling a little bit. And then I ended up here based on kind of like my interests and my soft skills that I already had. Gotcha, gotcha. And and I mean, you are, you know, um, boiler room ready, uh, boiling hot. I'm saying all the boiling because she went to Purdue, y'all. But, um, <laughs> you know, you went to Purdue. Great, great school. As long as, you know, you don't have to face, you know, Stanford or another team that I like. But do you have to have your um, degree already? To become like, could you have started this position while in school, or do you need a bachelor's? I would say a degree was definitely helpful, and mostly because my position was getting based on networking in a way. Because my manager also went to my school, and so he saw my resume. I was like, "Oh, looks familiar." But um, I would say that the degree definitely would help because you cannot understand the complexity of the job without particularly understanding what you would do in that kind of situation. So having that theoretical knowledge is definitely necessary, but I believe it's something that can also be learned over time. But from to be there as quickly as I got there, I would say education is definitely necessary. 
And you just said something so crucial. If you guys don't listen to anything else thus far, she said the person, her supervisor, went to her same school. That networking and that connection, woo! I mean, you, you've already seen it. But when a lot of people say, hey, I can't get a job, right? I can't get this. Sometimes your network is your net worth. Um, how, like, how was it just on paper that they just saw your name? Here's, you know, you got this African name, but you still got hired because people say, oh, I don't get hired because of the way I look, the way I talk. But you at least got the, you know, an end to have a conversation off of that strong Purdue name. So the power of networking, when did you learn that? Or was that just by chance? I would say it's something that has played over and over again throughout my entire career. I would, um, honestly, my very first internship was through networking. I literally was looking at all the, um, it was my freshman year, I was looking for all the engineering companies in the area, and I just called every single one of them. I did not care, like, if they would hire me, if they would not, I just called every single one of them, and I asked them, are you looking for an intern? And that was networking in a way, because if I, when I threw my resume um, through the regular submission portals, I was ignored like 100% of the time because I was a freshman and I didn't know a lot. But when I started calling them, they were like, well, she has some kind of dedication. So I would say it's something that's played a key role in all of my um, positions I've held. Even my next internship, I met the recruiter. It was at an SB conference. And towards the end, we're both just really tired. And I just went to him. I didn't even talk about a job. I just spoke about how I was just so tired. I've been walking all day. And then he, I was just like, well, what does your company do? And I found out he was Nigerian. And it was there's always something to connect with someone on. That's something I kind of realized very quickly. And it's kind of helped me with all of my my positions that I've had literally throughout my entire career, I would say that for sure. So networking is extremely important. So and you, you let the people know that you were a super eagle. And, we know, and that's why I said, folks, she'll be an entrepreneur somewhere in the future. Um, if she's not already building, you know, something right there in um, on, on, on Lakey. But it's cooking, yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah. It's cooking. But, yeah, it's cooking. Oh, you got something? Tell us. I mean, let, let me be the first to know, you know. I mean, I don't really have anything to share so far, but I have been working a lot on a lot of things in the background. And that's why it's been so important for me to kind of like hold the positions that I hold because they kind of um, give me the um, knowledge and experience that I need to know how to run a business. Because I feel like if you're working, the most important thing you should be learning is how to help yourself. You shouldn't work to live. You should live to, or you, should, you shouldn't live to work. You should work to live, essentially. That's kind of like how I've been able to take every skill to transfer back to my personal um, goals and achievements. I, lo I love to hear it. Tell the people, because networking is crucial and that you can relate with people you know, being, um, you know, saying you're a Nigerian, someone's right now saying, I don't hear the accent. Maybe you got to buy her book for that. Right. Um, yeah. you know, but, and it's not out yet that I know of, but it's coming, but I, I want to focus on what can help somebody right now. Um, how did you get familiar with the Dutch language and, you know, are you fluent in Dutch as well? I am not familiar with Dutch in any way. I do not understand the Dutch language in any way, no. Okay, and I say that, and that's where we sometimes get bad 
information off Facebook, but it talks about British and Dutch languages on um, a profile that was connected to yours. So I was just curious on, you know, how, how you got that. I can send you a screenshot. So you don't think, how did you, what do you mean by that? But, um, but with the project coordinator position and you're, you're, I mean, you're young, so you, you have plenty of, you know, time to grow into your own for you, what is the goal, you know, title-wise that you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? I would, I would honestly say that I've put myself in a, in a very um, interesting path. Right now, I'm working towards becoming a project manager. That's like the most, um, um, that's like what is right in front of me, and that is what I see so far. I don't really see myself working in corporate America for and past the age of 30, so I would say maybe for the next five years, I'm trying to grow through, um, quickly through that whole project management phase, be at a point where I'm owning my own project and executing my own project from start to finish. And then I, I'll be ready to throw in the cap and move on to other personal things and working on my own company with my brother. Oh, I love it. Family business, keeping it in the family is important. Um, as long as, you know, family understands this is a business, not your personal piggy bank. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, whether it be now or sometime in the future, what is a community give back that you would love to do? I would definitely say I'd like to encourage a lot of people to kind of understand um, what exactly career path means, because for me, when I was in um, college, it didn't really make sense to me. I thought that there was just like this very defined, very rigid way in which a person has to go in order to succeed. You do one thing, you do get a master's, you get this. It was all very stepped. But I want to be at a position of mentorship where people kind of know like, well, it's okay to explore everything or explore nothing. Just, you know have fun while doing it and at least as long as you're learning and you're growing that's the position you should be in if you're not learning or growing it's time to move on and go and see something else so I just want to give people that courage to be able to know when it's time to let go or when it's time to keep focusing and learning more I love to hear that and I, I want to talk about so something personal for a teachable moment both here in America and in Africa, because again, I was talking about how you sound and my wife is from Cameroon and she always says, I'm never losing my accent. Immigrants get, we can do things and say things that, you know, Americans, especially black Americans can't get away with um, mm -hmm. because it's the accent. People just say, oh, you're, 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 you're a foreigner. You're from Cameroon. Um, how have you seen, you know, going back and forth, whether you're in America or in your Nigeria, does it benefit you to sound like an American in Nigeria? And when you are here in America, if you want to, if you can, you know, throw in a Nigerian accent when it fits, like, do you ever see like, oh, let me, let me flip, let me flip the dialect. Or are you just always you wherever you go? I am definitely not always me. I would say that, um, especially when things get very frustrating or like it's just out of your control, the accent definitely drops off and you just go straight into like a Nigerian phase where you're like, if you understand me, you do. If you don't, I don't care. So it definitely happens. And the switch comes when it's least expected as well. But um, I would say I developed this um, very, um, this whole American accent thing 
after my freshman year because I, I got so tired of people asking, do you speak Nigerian? And it was like, there is no language like Nigerian. I don't know how to explain it to you. Or like hearing the, um, oh, you speak English really well. And it was just very frustrating to hear those things over and over again. So you're just like, I'd rather not explain myself and just like coast through and just have everyone believe in American until they ask me, where are you from? And then I say, I'm Nigerian. And they're like, well, I don't hear the accent. So that's always pretty much how it plays out. I would say that it changes. If I'm with a group of Nigerians right now, you will not hear a single American accent in the room. And that's pretty much how it is with most of us, honestly. Well, you are with a real African and Nigerian yeah. blood runs through this body. So you can talk however you want to talk. Talk that talk instead of your stalk Talk it if you want to talk it, because this is diversified game where everybody is welcome to say what they want to say. You can't be canceled over here because we ain't looking for those other folks approval anyway. That, <laughs> so, you know, feel free because for me, and I, I'll be honest, people know I love um, non-American accents, you know, and it's really? also... Yeah. And it's because and people say, oh, because it's exotic or whatever. No, I just like to learn because mm -hmm. everything doesn't sound always have to sound the way you grew up to sound. So yeah. and, in, and in honesty, I haven't dated like I'm old. I'm an old married guy now, but I didn't even date American women like that. It, it was really you know, not at all. American woman. Stay away from me. Yeah. Yeah. That what was, was that? <laughs> was there a reason? Because being from California, uh, especially, uh, the women did not, uh, that I encountered growing up a lot, did not want to cook or did not feel like they had to cook. And, okay. and it's like, that's, you know, I can cook. I'm a pretty good sous chef, but that's the reason. And it, with cooking comes a lot of other things that you won't submit yourself to do. So mm -hmm. people, people always think my wife and I are like, have some, you know, uh, crazy affair relationship. Cause they're like, who does that? She lets you do that. Or you let her do that. And it's like, let she's a person. You do what you got to yeah. do, you know? So you guys live in that world of let in a box. Um, you know, and I'll give you an example. My wife is a physician when she would have to sleep in the same room as men at the hospital in Seattle, people were like, you let, you, you let your wife sleep with other guys in a room? I'm like, yeah, because one big old, I don't even want to go there. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. It's not Grey's Anatomy, folks. They're stinky in the hospital. <laughs> people are dying, you know? So it's, 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 again, but let is a word that adults I don't think should use for another adults because you don't let people are going to do what they want to do. But that's that's why it's this this the submission part of, you know, our roles in life. So my wife can work 16 hours. I saw a rumor when she would do 16 hour surgeries as like a student or an intern and she'd still come back and cook her a rule her jell-off rice, get that yam pounded yam. Ask me which one do I want of the Getty maybe yellow or white i want that yellow one if we have it but you know so that that's it and don't forget the pepe whatever you cook <laughs> you know um so that's why i just that's my personal preference that you know not all american women but many just show that they don't really want to be in a relationship with someone like me um because they will let somebody do something so 
you know. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a big difference between um, dating, um, or there's definitely a, di a big difference between relationships here in the U.S. and back in Nigeria. I would say that, um, for example, from looking at my parents, I can see certain things that are certain dynamics that they have in their relationship where my mom has worked all day or she's been busy all day and then he she, and my dad comes back and he's hungry and he wants someone to cook for him and then she does and then he comes back here and then tries to replicate the same thing of coming to say well you, my wife is not here so now it's you you're the first daughter and you have the new responsibility and it's just very different for me all the time because I'm not used to that as well I've like I've like almost been conditioned to it's it's very me like very me centered and that came from the whole American culture of focusing on you and not necessarily thinking about other people around you so yeah it's very interesting to see those kind of things and how they play out in relationships yeah and I'm a semi-pro date doctor too I have a whole application and everything for people four couples married during VidCon I might have made number five I got to check on my Sacramento friend that I had met and connected her with this guy she was staring at at the bar but you know you you please if you lose your accent don't lose the African side of you because you see a lot of folks are single <laughs> and it's a reason why with that american thinking um you know you can go anywhere in the world and everybody in the world is here uh, especially in south florida and get connected let the people know if there is a way a professional way because i don't want you wolves coming contacting this young lady saying hey i got bride price ready to go no you need to first you know contact your father you know how this thing goes um but let them know, let's say someone says, you know what, my daughter would love to kind of follow in your path in engineering. We need more women in engineering. We definitely need more black women in engineering and, and, and black people at all. How can people, you know, contact you if they say, you know what, I'm looking for a mentor? Um, definitely through emails. I would definitely be more available through emails or LinkedIn. My LinkedIn is Alice Ikuru. My email is aliceikuru at gmail.com. And best way to contact me, honestly, any other way is, I don't know, it's luck. I don't know. So best way, LinkedIn and email. Okay. And, and, you know, that last comment I had sparked one, one more question, I think maybe I, I never guarantee, but I want to know being a black woman in engineering, have you found it, even though you have a job and you have a job with a great company, have you found, you know, that you have to like prove yourself even more than your counterparts or have things kind of just been like, nah, man, I went to Purdue. You guys had to go do that, you know, at the HBCU maybe, but Purdue, they put some respect on my name and my credentials. Like, give me, give me your story on that in the experience. So I did. I, I never realized that Purdue was a big deal until I actually left Purdue. And then anytime I said I went to Purdue, people were like, Ooh, I'm like, Ooh, like, okay. Because Purdue is in the middle of nowhere. It's in um, Midwest, Indiana, dad you can't see anything so when you're in that little bubble you don't, don't really realize like so you're proving yourself to your classmates or yourself or trying to pass your classes even but uh, when you graduate from Purdue it's kind of like they the expectations from you are a lot higher well I don't know if it's for me as a black woman or for me as um as an, a woman in engineering, I'm not sure, but it's it's a lot higher than I would say a lot of people 
um, I, I was interviewing some candidates for a job a few days ago and I looked at their resume and I also looked at like their, their like them in the interview and I was like, well, if I showed up like that, I would not have a job, but these were like considered the strong candidates. And I was like, well, what, like, what is this? Like, what's the, what makes them so special? Like, why do they stand out more? And I got to realize it's because they're white men. So regardless of where you go, as a black woman, you have to work twice as hard and you have to continuously prove yourself and prove that you deserve to be where you are. Otherwise, people will always look at you like you're stupid and, you know, you just have to stand out one way or the other. Well, when you say, you know, they look at you like you're stupid, there's also the, okay, you're young, beautiful, um, maybe you're just here to be eye candy. Have you ever had your, you know, looked at like hey i got a brain y'all <laughs> and had to say you guys remember i went to purdue and i keep saying purdue you guys because you know what you're supposed to do at purdue you're supposed to hail purdue that's their <laughs> that's their model for y'all that don't know but you know so yeah that you know it, have you have you being young and you know being i just want to make make it easier for someone who's like i'm getting the same thing because I think all people need to link up, you know, all women, women engineers, black women engineers, all those organizations help because they might not understand the way you wear your hair at times, right? You might wear it nine different places, nine different ways. And so have you ever got that, you know, you know, that, that feeling. And when you get that feeling, educate somebody on what you can do to make sure people respect your credentials and your experience like what are some tricks give them one that they can you know do if you have it i would say always present the fact you're not trying to prove that you're the most intelligent person in the room but you're trying to show people the work they only believe that you know what you're doing if you're showing that you know what you're doing and not necessarily saying that you know what you're doing no matter how many times you say I am the, I went to Purdue, I graduated with a first class, I have a 4.0 GPA, it doesn't matter as long as you can show that you know the work you're doing, and the work you're doing is bringing um, positive results, that's the only way you can set yourself apart, because there's no the words are not enough for you to start to enunciate how you feel like you should be treated or how you feel like you should be respected. That is not how it typically works in the STEM industry. It's very populated by men. Men have big egos. It's hard for you to try to speak your way through, respect my work, and it's just best to just show. And then whatever comes after, you deal with it. That's how I've just learned to overcome everything. Do you get a difference of attention um, when you have natural hair versus when I met you, you had, you know, your long flowing hair? Um, yes, folks, I know I'm going to say it because I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing. I love the natural, you know, um, but you I, I heard Stormy Wellington um, recently here in South Florida. She's like, people look at me different when I have my wig on versus then she took her wig right off. And I didn't know anything about her, but I said, yeah. I'm I'm front row like yeah take that thing off. So do you do you see a difference um professionally when you you know you come in with natural hair versus a you know long hair? Yeah, I mean definitely changing hairstyles is a big thing and um in the industry here I know that um 
I, there was a time because I had very long, big afro, and there was a time I came with my pup, and people were like just looking at me, it was, like it was interesting. And then shortly after I dyed it, or um, it was like a burnt orange, and they were like very interested. As a black woman, you should know that we change our hair very frequently, and I don't know why it's still hard for people to understand that concept. So I started wearing wigs to work, and then one time I wore like this bob, and then all of a sudden they were like. I love your haircut. It looks really good. Whereas when I had braids on, I never got that comment of, I like your haircut or like your hair looks really good. Or like when I changed to a different long flowy wig again, they were like, this looks really good on you. So I feel like I definitely see the change or the, um, the difference in attitude based on the hairstyle I bring to work. I um, cut my hair a few weeks back. I still have not gone into the office like this because I'm like very worried. I don't want to start to explain, well, why is your hair long and why is your hair short? It's something that's just a distraction that is unnecessary. So when I'm at work, I've just decided to stick to one wig and anything that, anything that comes afterwards, they take it. So yeah, that's pretty much how I am navigating that because I have seen the difference for myself for how differently people react to different hairstyles on me. All right, you guys, I had to get blessed the game like that because uh, Stormy Wellington, Alice, they aren't the only ones. You know, so many women um, have, have seen this and we have to change the game because it's not just an American thing. It's, you know, I think it's even harder when you go to Africa and you're a man and you got Lux in your hair um, oh. or you're a man and you don't wear want to wear a suit are you a woman? And, you know, um, you know, in Africa, we're still fighting, you know, we're fighting equality everywhere, right? For genders and everything. But we got to put some respect on however people present themselves. That's how they are. It's not like you're going home with them <laughs> and you're not marrying them. So let them be who they want to be when they want to be. But that's why I'm an entrepreneur. And for all those men you were talking who have I got a big ego. A big ego? <laughs> Such a big Keep ego. that in the song on the dance floor. Uh, check your check your ego at the door. I thank you for sharing the game. Any last words you want to give the people? Um, I was gonna speak briefly on what you said about presenting yourself. And mm -hmm. so yeah, there's a big difference between how you would present yourself here and how would you would present yourself back in an African country. It's definitely something that you have to think about every single time. Um I want people to know, people coming from African countries here, it's not a big deal. Nobody cares about what you look like. You don't have to do too much. But when you're coming from here to go back to an African country and you're trying to present yourself or be there, you have to be very extra. If you think you've done enough, double it. Honestly, double it. Otherwise, you will get stares, you will get comments. And if you're trying to avoid that, just be the, just blend in. Honestly, that's the most important thing. Blend in wherever you are. Otherwise, there will be looks, stares, and comments. So being yourself only works in America. Doesn't really work in African countries. Just fun fact. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a funny story off air, uh, but you guys have been blessed with the game. All the best stuff, just so you guys know. I've said it before. It's told off air, but I never want to embarrass anyone. And I never want to, you know, I just want to give you guys the game so you can get better. Some of this stuff, too, you won't understand because it's too deep 
or, you know, you haven't got your Africa plan yet. Some of you don't even have your passport. You need to do that. And you also need to check out my course on how to travel for your first time to Africa. Maybe your second time. I'm going to start on the course for business and investment. Just real game, real talk, you know, no 419, but hit my line. You guys, share the game. It will change somebody's life. Be blessed. Hi, everyone. Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia. Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20, and in this course, you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is going to cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that $100 US is worth 1,000 South African rand and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings? So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African, I already know how it's like. I know that, you know, when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always wanted to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course. There's a little preview you can listen to. Um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. Don't miss out.